And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Wrapping up Week 13 Sunday and looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. It is Monday, December 7th, and it's Monday, but we still have three games ahead of us in Week 13. We're going to look back at uh, what was a really fun Sunday, I think, in my estimation. Michael Beller here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. I, uh, you know, we have uh, we have a text chain going, the two of us, Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston, Nando DeFino. Uh, that is relatively active on Sundays, and I sent out a note uh, after the early games. I felt like that was a really fun set of early games that we had yesterday. How you doing here? It exceeded expectations based on the point spreads and the quality of the teams in that window. There was definitely a lot of drama. Uh, the Jets almost accidentally won a game, and then they quickly remembered what they were doing and basically tanked on one of the last plays of the game to make sure that they didn't win. So tip of the cap to them for staying on brand mm-hmm. and uh, not screwing up their path to Trevor Lawrence. Jaguars almost did the same, too. Almost accidentally winning it. Dan Bailey did everything he could. little Barnum and Bailey action from Dan Bailey, missing two extra points and two field goals, I want to say, off the top of my head, and almost gave the Jaguars a win that, you know, the players and the coaches want, but the fan base in the front office probably doesn't want. But uh, all of that wrapped up in what was a really fun Week 13, and of course still three games ahead of us, two games later today, and then the Tuesday night game between the Ravens and the Cowboys. We're going to take a look back at some of the big things that happened on Sunday that are going to happen have an effect on the fantasy football playoffs, which for most of us begin in week 14. The first one, it has happened, Derek. We, we hinted at this a couple of weeks ago. We felt like we needed one more check mark in the direction that it was headed, and we got it on Sunday. Jonathan Taylor has taken over Indianapolis's backfield, 13 carries for 91 yards, also caught all three of his targets for 44 yards and a touchdown in the Colts' 26-20 win over the Texans. Meanwhile, Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins combined, combined for 11 carries, 22 yards, five catches, 28 yards. I mean, if you needed any more indication, I don't know if you're going to get it. This backfield belongs to Jonathan Taylor. Do you have any pushback there, or is it all systems go for the rookie for the rest of the season? No, I think it's all systems go. He's had 15-point games four times now since week five. So there have been flashes. It's been inconsistent for a brief stretch, but a couple of difficult matchups sprinkled in there too. I mean, one of the duds that he had, or relative duds, came in week nine against Baltimore. And the thing we've liked about this Colts backfield for several weeks is the way the second half of their season schedule plays out. They're going to see that same Texans defense again in Week 15. Before that happens, they go on the road to Vegas to play the Raiders. Championship week, if you get there with Jonathan Taylor in your backfield, might be a little bit more difficult going on the road to Pittsburgh. But you're in great hands right now if you have Jonathan Taylor on your roster. It's finally paying off. That early investment that's been so shaky to this point 
seems to be stabilizing at just the right time. Very happy with the way that he shapes up the next two weeks at Las Vegas next week. And this is a team that just gave up 100 yards and a touchdown on the ground to Ty Johnson in Week 13. And then Houston, the team that he just uh, carved up in Week 13, he gets him again in those fantasy football semifinals. So it took longer than we wanted it to, but Jonathan Taylor now in control of Indy's backfield and definitely could be a huge player for those fantasy managers in the fantasy playoffs. Another rookie who might be in that same spot is Cam Akers. Now, he is not in exactly the same position. I don't think we can say that about him, and I don't know if he'll ever get there this season. But he did take a big step forward in terms of ownership of the Rams' backfield in their win over the Cardinals on Sunday, 21 carries. That is the big number to take away. Turned it into just 72 yards, did get in the end zone on the ground, also had one target, caught it, and turned that into a big gain, 22 yards. Daryl Henderson, three carries for 49 yards, did score a touchdown, also had three targets, caught two of them for 25 yards. He did miss some time with a knee issue in this game, ended up coming back in after it. Malcolm Brown essentially was an afterthought, really didn't have any role in this game. Those 21 carries, Derek, they do pop out and they kept going back to him again and again and again when they got into goal-to-go situations. How confident will you be in him? If you have him on your team, you're headed to the playoffs next week against the New England Patriots, how good will you feel putting Cam Akers into your lineup? You know, I'd have him ranked behind Jonathan Taylor in weekly rankings just because we've seen a little more from Taylor and Taylor's matchup next week is going to be easier. But I do think with the Rams, we've seen this before where Sean McVay, as the stretch run approaches, sort of starts to use his personnel the way he intends to as the games matter more. Mm -hmm. He tries to get guys ready for the postseason. And, you know, I think the Henderson injury that you mentioned is worth noting, but there were a few glimmers the last few weeks that Akers might be taking on a larger role. He sort of took over in the second half against San Francisco in Week 12. I think he's going to be right there on the flex line for a lot of people. And when we start looking at lineups for Week 14, if you look at the schedule the next few weeks, the Rams should be favored in each of their next two matchups at home. You get the Patriots and the Jets. They'll obviously be favored in Week 15 against the Jets. And then you got a shootout potentially on tap in Seattle between the Rams and Seahawks in Week 16. So some pretty nice spots overall for Akers now that he seems to be getting the upper hand in this group. We talk about this with Cam Akers a lot. We've talked about it a lot all season. And after he had the game he had a week ago when he had nine carries for 84 yards and a touchdown, uh, we talked about it on one of our fantasy football podcast episodes with Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. And it was basically, you're like, you're never going to be 100% confident in Cam Akers. That's just not going to happen this year. You know that Sean McVay is wont to pull the rug out from under us. And you know that Daryl Henderson has played well enough to earn a role, to deserve a role in the Rams offense. It's never going to be a 90-10 backfield. That's just not going to be the reality for Cam Akers. So you can't expect that. But I think with what we've seen from him the last couple of weeks and the fact that they spent the draft capital on him that they did, even knowing they had Henderson and Brown on the roster, what you mentioned about Sean McVay, about sort of narrowing his offense and getting things into playoff shape as the season progresses, all of those uh, provide us enough circumstantial evidence, I think, to feel good about Cam Akers in your starting lineup. Uh, You couldn't be surprised if suddenly things shift next week and if there are 24 carries between Akers and Henderson combined like there were in week 13, that it's like 14 to 10 instead of 21 to 3 in Akers' favor. But I would feel comfortable starting him in a playoff matchup or for those of you who play week 17 in a must-win game in the last week of the regular season, even going up against those New England Patriots. So Cam Akers right there with Jonathan Taylor as rookies who might have monster roles to play in both the real world 
and in the fantasy world headed over these last few weeks. Another guy who might have a big role to play is Jalen Hurts. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering, is he really going to get a chance to be a starter? He got a chance to uh, play more than he has. We can at least say that in the Eagles' loss to the Packers on Sunday. Just another brutal performance for this offense, another bad performance for Carson Wentz. And say what you will about the injuries around him, especially on the offensive line. At some point, this falls at the quarterback's feet. And that happened finally on Sunday. Jalen Hurts comes in in relief in the third quarter, ends up throwing for 109 yards, one touchdown, one interception, completed five of his 12 pass attempts. And Doug Peterson, obviously not yet committing to who is going to be his starter for the rest of the season. But let's start right there, Derek. I mean, we can read the tea leaves. Doesn't it almost have to be Jalen Hurts at this point? Yeah, because I think if you're the Eagles, you've probably ruled out Carson Wentz being your starter in 2021, and you want to know if you need a veteran to bridge the gap to Jalen Hurts sometime down the road, or if he's even the long-term solution as a second-round pick. I think that probably points to someone that they're going to be somewhat patient with, uh, but you still, if there's a stopgap opportunity out there in free agency or via trade, you would take that because the Eagles aren't necessarily in full-on rebuild mode. The matchups the next few weeks, home against the Saints is actually pretty tough. The next two after that, though, are a lot easier. And with Jalen Hurts, you're getting a nice rushing floor. And that's actually what's kept Carson Wentz's fantasy value afloat for as poorly as he's played from a real-life perspective. Carson Wentz entered this game against the Packers averaging more than 22 fantasy points per game this season, which is just crazy. <laughs> but it comes from rushing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns on the season, uh, 258 rushing yards in his first 11 games. Hertz has that. And I think this is an offense that's actually built for an inexperienced quarterback to have some success right away because you have a very capable pass-catching running back in Miles Sanders, even the backup running back, Boston Scott, is a good pass catcher. You now have a healthy Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So you have two big targets at tight end that can run a lot of short and intermediate routes. And as we saw on the TD pass that Jalen Hurts threw, that was a fourth and long play, a really nice throw mm -hmm. downfield. I think it was Greg Ward that pulled yep, that in. You know, he, he has the arm strength to take the shots downfield. He has mobility to take off when plays break down. And I think he can be accurate enough in the short and intermediate game to give the Eagles a little bit of a lift. And given that the NFC East is basically a dumpster fire. I think it's the division that symbolizes 2020 as a year, the best. <laughs> They're still in it. So I think they have a reason to see what they can do with Hertz under center and see if there's some odd path for them to actually make it to the postseason. Yeah, one more thing I'll put out there too as to why they should be getting a look at Jalen Hurts because because of what this NFC East is, they do still have a shot at the postseason, but right now there will be, when they go into week 14, there will be just one two, three, four teams ahead of them in the uh, draft, or five teams, because you've also got the Chargers at three and nine. The Eagles are sitting at three, eight, and one. So they will go into week 14 with the sixth overall pick, or at least in position <laughs> for the sixth <laughs> overall pick. I mean, Zach Wilson could be available to them from BYU. Justin Fields from Ohio State could be on the board for them as well. Like, forget about just getting, you know, uh, getting a look at their second round pick and maybe having to have a stopgap in free agency. They could take a swing at one of the big non-Trevor Lawrence quarterbacks, and you're probably not going to do that without finding out about what you have in Jalen Hurts. So I do feel like he has to be the starter for the rest of the season. You owe it to your franchise to see what this guy is and what might we use the sixth overall pick in the draft on if we're not going to use it on a quarterback or if we're going to have to use it on a quarterback. All the signs 
point to Jalen Hurts taking over as the starter for the Eagles for the remainder of the season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Derek, from one NFC East team that is feeling pretty awful about itself to one that is feeling great about itself, how about those New York Giants holding Seattle to 10 points on offense? That was a 17-12 final. Seahawks got two of their points on a black punt that turned into a safety. Russell Wilson had one of his worst games of the season, 263 yards, 6.1 yards per attempt, one touchdown, one interception. Giants sacked him five times, and this Giants defense has been building to this, and this was really their masterpiece of the season. Uh, What a turnaround from a group that was just atrocious one year ago. You look at their playoff schedule, next week they host Arizona, the week after that they host Cleveland, which had one of its best offensive games of the season in a big win over the Titans, and then in week 16, they're at Baltimore. Is there anyone on those three teams who you're going to think twice about playing uh, in a playoff matchup against this Giants defense? Like, you're playing Kyler Murray next week, right? I mean, that goes without saying you're probably playing Lamar Jackson in week 16 but is there anyone on these teams who you would normally start who maybe you're going to be thinking twice about with what we've seen from the Giants over the last couple of weeks not necessarily but I think that says more about the makeup of the offenses they're going to see in the next few weeks I mean I think with the Browns it's kind of Jarvis Landry or bust in the group of pass catchers and you'd probably play both of those running backs in that spot Uh, Maybe a guy like Christian Kirk would sit in the Arizona game. He's kind of fringy some weeks, depending on your format. And with the Ravens, you know, it's kind of Mark Andrews and the running backs along with Lamar. So I I think this Giants defense is legitimately good. It's amazing that they're able to run the ball as well as they did. Wayne Gallman had 135 yards on the ground. It's just incredible. Uh, You know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett had okay games, but that was about all the Seahawks had going for them. Very surprising to see that. Um, Definitely not what I expected. I think if anyone watched our Sunday live stream, the Athletic Fantasy Cheat Sheet, I said I thought the Seahawks were going to cover. They were 10.5 point favorites in this game. I thought they were going to cover easily against the Giants. So uh, clearly all defense. I mean, Colt McCoy didn't play well at all. 13 to 22 for 105. 
a TD and a pick. So I still don't think this Giants team, even though they're in front in the dumpster fire East right now, I don't think they're necessarily going to stay there barring a ridiculous December from this defense. Yeah, we'll see maybe uh, what Washington can do uh, later today against Pittsburgh. But uh, assuming the Steelers get a win there, then the Giants are going to have at least a one-game lead in that NFC East. Really quick, I just want to throw out a couple of names that are going to be popping on waivers this week. Kiki Kuti and Ty Johnson Kuti, eight catches for 141 yards in the team's first game without Will Fuller. Ty Johnson came in for Frank Gore after he suffered a concussion early in the loss to the Raiders. 22 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Be sure to check out both of those guys on waivers this week and be sure to check out Monday's edition of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast where me, Jake Seeley, and Brandon Funston will have a little bit more time to dive into the waiver picture. For this episode of Fantasy Football in 15, we have to say goodbye. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. We'll be back with you right here tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day and enjoy, too, a Monday Night Football doubleheader. Enjoy both the games. We'll talk to you soon.